Minneapolis is going to be disbanding its police force in the wake of the protests surrounding the killing of George Floyd. J.K. Rowling might wish she had an invisibility cloak of her own after the backlash to her latest anti-trans comments. And BuzzFeed news reporter Jane Litvinenko helps us break down all the lies and scams about the anti-police brutality protests that are circulating on the internet. The date, June 8th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. Okay, before we get the ball rolling, I just want to give a shout out to the fine people of Bristol in the United Kingdom. This weekend, they pulled down a statue of a dude named John Colston who made his money in the slave trade. Here is the extremely satisfying moment where they pushed the whole dang thing into the river. Not only did I watch this video several times, I found another video from a different angle, and that was also cathartic. So good. I mean, the reason they had the statue in the first place is because he made his money slaving and then gave it all away as a philanthropist, which doesn't make the fact that you made the money off the backs of human beings' lives any different. Okay, it's time for the TLDR, the most important headlines for the day, brought to the top of your feed. Here are three things you need to know today. One, the protests that kicked off with the killing of George Floyd in Minnesota entered their third week with larger crowds than ever gathering to denounce police brutality. Over the weekend, demonstrations in major cities around the world were huge and calm for the most part. Though there were some instances where police broke up demonstrations with force, the crackdowns were nowhere near the level of brutality we saw last week. As the protests continue to grow in popularity, more politicians are joining in on the action. After tweeting about his father's role supporting protests as governor of Michigan in the 60s, Republican Senator Mitt Romney of Utah marched with demonstrators in D.C. We need a voice against racism. We need many voices against racism and against brutality. We need to stand up and say that Black Lives Matter. Meanwhile, President Trump announced over the weekend that the National Guard will be pulling back from patrolling Washington, D.C. That's after multiple outlets quoted a senior administration official who said that Trump apparently wanted 10,000 active-duty military forces patrolling cities around the country before he was talked out of it. Two, Minneapolis will be disbanding its police force and replacing it, according to city council members. Nine members of the Minneapolis City Council, which is a veto-proof majority, made the announcement on Sunday saying they would, quote, begin the process of ending the Minneapolis Police Department. Lisa Bender, the Minneapolis City Council president, said that the goal was to, quote, end our city's toxic relationship with the Minneapolis Police Department, to end policing as we know it, and to recreate systems of public safety that actually keep us safe. The announcement is a huge turnaround for the city and the biggest win for activists who are pushing for local and state governments to defund police departments. It's worth noting that it came after Mayor Jacob Fry was booed at a protest on Saturday for saying that he was not in favor of defunding the police department. And three, New Zealand is declaring itself totally free of the coronavirus and I am more than a little jealous. After declaring that hospitals were free and clear of COVID-19 cases at the end of last month, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says that the country is now free and clear of coronavirus cases entirely. 
That means the country is lifting all of its lockdown measures, but will still be keeping its borders closed to everyone except returning Kiwis. On the opposite end of the spectrum is Brazil, where cases and the death toll continue to rise. But we can't know for sure how bad it is thanks to the Brazilian government. Yesterday, it stopped releasing its total numbers of COVID-19 cases and deaths and wiped an official site clean of swaths of data, according to The Guardian. Per the last tally from Johns Hopkins University, Brazil has the second highest number of COVID-19 cases in the world with over 600,000. The United States still has the top prize, so to speak, with 1.9 million confirmed cases. Oof. Well, congrats to New Zealand. Right. Good for you guys, I guess. <laughs> um, but also back to um, Minneapolis. Um, I'm so interested in this and I'm sure the rest of the country is too. I mean, when they say to end policing as we know it and to recreate systems of public safety that actually keep us safe, it's like, you know, what does that mean? What will it look like? Are current police officers going to be allowed to be a part of that new restructuring? It's like so many questions. I mean, this is definitely a step forward, but um, so many questions to be answered. Right. Like a lot of people over the weekend mentioned Camden, New Jersey, as an example. They completely disbanded their police force. Everyone had to be rehired to come back onto the force. And it's been seen as a win for reformation of police departments. But the question that I have is, will that go far enough? enough to make people happy, given what we've been seeing over the last few uh, weeks now. Is that too much like reform or is that enough of a change? People say, yes, this is making a difference. Right. It feels like it's probably, in my opinion, based on like the other research I've seen online, online, probably not enough of a change. I feel like it would need to be that and then an implementation of other like social work, mental health resources that would then be put in because that's what people are looking for. It's like, uh, how can we help people who need it when right now the only response is to call the police and have them come in? Right. So Minneapolis, we're looking, we're watching. <laughs> I, I am very curious. All right. It's time for today's good news, bad news. This is where I bring you some of the most hell yes and most oh my god no stories from around the internet. Good news. K-pop group BTS joined forces with their fans over the weekend to raise over $2 million for Black Lives Matter. Yes, we've been talking about K-pop stands a lot on the show, but they've been doing a lot of good deeds lately. On Saturday, BTS and their label Big Hit Entertainment confirmed that they'd made a $1 million donation to the Black Lives Matter group. In a statement, BTS said, quote, we stand against racial discrimination. We condemn violence. You, I, and we all have the right to be respected. We will stand together. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. After the news broke, the BTS army created the hashtag match a million. And within 25 hours of the hashtag going up, the stands had met their goal. That is so fast to come together with a million dollars. I feel like thinking about this in terms of like uh, the fundraiser that we see on TV and our youth, like, oh, we're trying to save the soda shop. Mm. We got to raise $500 this amount of time. Now kids today are raising a million dollars in these streets. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, you got to step it up. And I, and I just love the unity of it all. It's like, oh, you need us to match this? Okay, we're in. <laughs> oh, bless them. Okay, on to the bad news. J.K. Rowling thought now would be a great time to remind us that she doesn't see why trans rights are such a big deal. This weekend, the Harry Potter creator tweeted an op-ed that mentioned, quote, people who menstruate in the title. 
Rowling took issue with that wording saying, quote, people who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wimben, Wimpund, Wumud, end quote. This isn't new for Joe. She has been called out on her positions before, but the timing of this, it's a real head scratcher. When Twitter users started calling her out, she defended herself by doubling down, saying, it isn't hate to speak the truth. She also said, quote, I'd march with you if you were being discriminated against on the basis of being trans. Of course, several alumni from the Harry Potter universe took umbrage with Rowling's tweets. That includes Katie Long, who played Cho Chang in the movies, who started off a thread, so you want my thoughts on Cho Chang? Then proceeded to drop link after link of charities that support Black trans women. Noma Domazweni, who played Hermione in the original staging of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, tweeted the names of several prominent trans women before adding, quote, as I honor mine and the trans friends in my life, I'll defer to their lived experiences, not their erasure. And these are just the women. There is magic in listening. Joe, what? Why? Why now? We have other things that we're talking about right now. And this? This this unfortunately doesn't surprise me. This isn't new for Joe. I mean, she has been called a turf before, which is trans exclusionary radical feminists. But again, yes, why why this weekend? Why did she do that? It, it's absolutely insane. More baffling is the fact that the reason she was upset in the first place, that op-ed that you mentioned, it was about making sure that post-coronavirus that uh, women and trans men have more access to uh, hiding products for menstruation, which is why they used the phrasing they did. So it's not even trans women that got her upset. It was trans men, but too bad she's still off on her on her rant. Okay, when we come back, we've got BuzzFeed News reporter Jane Litvinenko on to debunk some of the lies, hoaxes, and other untruths that have been spreading around anti-police brutality protests. Stay right there. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia, Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lethal listeners, Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission, clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But I hadn't counted on a rash of new murders tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger, though it wasn't all bad. I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. But now... All signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win. I'm Tig Torres. 
And this is Lethal Lit. Catch up on season one of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in season two, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. The growing momentum for the protests against police brutality has been in large part thanks to the spread of videos online. But as protests continue throughout the world, so has a flood of misinformation, fake images, and outright lies that have also gone viral. To help us separate fact from fiction, we're joined by BuzzFeed News' Jane Litvinenko, who has been tracking the disinformation around the protests as it spreads. Thanks for joining us, Jane. Thanks for having me. So you've compiled a list of hoaxes and misleading posts, which can be found on BuzzFeed News. Before we dive into that, you're categorizing these posts as unverified or misleading or false. Can you give us a quick rundown of what the distinction is? Yeah, absolutely. So unverified is... A piece of content, whether it's a video or a photo, that says it shows something, but we just don't have enough information to either confirm or deny that that is accurate. Um, so one example of that early on was there was a man who was going around and sort of destroying these windows in an auto shop um, in Minneapolis and people were saying that they knew his name, that his relatives or his wife, depending on which post you came across, um, sort of outed him and named him as the person. And uh, a lot of protesters were asking him to stop doing this, to stop um, breaking the windows of a local business. And uh, that is an example of something where we were not able to confirm that the person whose name was released on social media was also the same person in those videos and photos. So that is an unverified post. Um, Misleading is something that is real, but maybe taken out of context. So here's the idea of a video that is true that, uh, maybe was filmed a month ago or a year ago and is now going viral again now. The information in that video is accurate, but it is not recent. So we're labeling it as misleading. And then false is something that is unimpeachably false that we have the evidence to prove that that is not the case. Um, a really great example of that is many, many of the photos and videos of bricks uh, that police have allegedly left for protesters. That is not the case. Uh, my colleague Craig Silverman has really dug into the brick claims and shown that many of them were there before the protests or have sort of a very reasonable explanation of why they're there. So your list includes almost 50 entries as of the time we're recording this. Where are you finding that the most disinformation is spreading? Uh, well, social media, uh, what, <laughs> unfortunately. But any specific um, platform? There, you know, there's no specific platform. Mis and disinformation is really platform agnostic. And what we're seeing right now is because of the swell of people who are using photos and videos to show what is happening on the ground, sometimes misleading information really gets caught up in that. So people, you know, um, people are showing something that police have done, or maybe that, uh, there are videos of sort of white, protesters uh, being more violent and black protesters asking them to stop. Um, 
that is stuff that uh, takes a little bit of time for local news to cover. And in the meantime, it really spreads online, whether it's on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Instagram stories is a big one. So is TikTok. And at the same time, you've seen people sort of maliciously using especially platforms like Twitter, but other platforms as well to spread bad information about the protesters, painting them as if they are more violent. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of this sort of uh, false Antifa rumors going around. Um, one Antifa account, um, as is reported by NBC News, was run by a uh, white nationalist group. So we're sort of seeing a real mixed bag and a real use of all types of social media to spread this kind of information. What's been the rumor or hoax about the protest that you've seen spread the farthest before it was corrected? The BRICS thing has really been relentless. People are very, very suspicious of every brick they come across, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that actually goes not only for people who say that it was police maliciously leaving bricks for protesters, but we've also seen uh, White House accounts uh, tweet and then delete a video claiming that bricks were left on the ground by anti-fascist activists, um, sort of uh, trying to paint them as a malicious actor here. So for some reason, the BRICS thing has really, really caught on. Um, and that is one that we've been getting the most questions about. So some of the things on the list and some of the things just in general that you see floating around can seem pretty benign. But what are some of the most dangerous hoaxes that you're seeing online right now? So on the benign hoaxes, it's really important to remember that right now is a time when a lot of people are sort of trying to build up their online clout. And a tactic that we've seen in the past is a, an account or a profile where sort of let loose these viral videos. They go, they go insane, right? They get tens of thousands of retweets and likes. And then that account gets a bit of like an audience and an online following. And we don't know where that account will go further with that audience and with that online following. So that is why we try to warn people against the sort of more benign pieces of disinformation as well. But in terms of the malicious pieces of disinformation, it is really... Um, the photos, videos, messages, articles that are trying to paint protesters as if they are violent or as if they are destroying local businesses or local buildings, um, especially early on. Um, something that we, you know, really had to be mindful of is there were a couple of fires set and one of the fires was of an unfinished apartment complex that sort of included affordable housing, but wasn't all affordable housing, which sort of allowed for protesters to be painted as if they were much more destructive than they previously were. Um, and at the same time, we are seeing these fake accounts or these fake messages saying, you know, anti-fascist activists are going to descend onto a neighborhood and cause violence in that neighborhood. Uh, that is something that is really, really dangerous. I, I don't want to both sides this, but can you say what the breakdown has been in terms of the things you've had to fact check coming from pro-police accounts versus those coming from people supporting the protests? Are you seeing more from one side than the other? 
So right now, uh, it's really, really tricky to tell. Um, I have to be honest with you, with these almost 50 pieces of disinformation, I wouldn't even be able to name you all of them. The information environment right now is just incredibly robust, and we're not going to know sort of more context around it until we have a chance to take a breath, take a step back and study it from an empirical perspective, you know, gather the data, look at the spread, try to figure out if we can even tell who's behind certain pieces of mis- and disinformation. Right now, we're still in that stage of mis- and disinformation spread where everything is being sort of thrown at a wall. You know, there's people accidentally spreading it. There's people spreading it with purpose. Um, there's narratives that do and don't get caught on. There's very unbelievable things that are happening that are real, you know, um, as well, which is really important to note. So unfortunately, we're just not going to know more about the context of the situation until we have a little bit of time to study it and to figure out what is what is happening here. Uh, Jane, that's all so much. But thank you for taking the time to join us and explain it as best you can. Thank you so much for having me. And if there's one message I can leave with our listeners, it is that there is absolutely no shame in falling for mis or disinformation, but it is important to remove it from your social media accounts and correct the record so that people in your immediate vicinity know when something was false. Okay, we have time for one more thing. And wow, do I hate it. Please take a listen to this sound recorded in San Francisco on Friday and tell me what you think it is. Um, I'm going to go with the ghosts of everyone that locals have murdered as revenge for calling the city Frisco. <laughs> okay, well, I do support that. It's actually the Golden Gate Bridge. The bridge itself just kind of like makes this sound now. <laughs> Here's what it sounds like when driving right over the bridge itself, courtesy of Twitter user Mark Kruger. It's making that noise because of a recent project that added sidewalk railing slats onto the bridge. So they were meant to make this bridge more aerodynamic and stable during high winds, which is what CNN says. But apparently the winds were gusting between 45 to 60 miles per hour on Friday when these videos were taken. So success, I guess. <laughs> I guess. And did San Francisco just not realize this would happen with this whooshy noise? No, no. Apparently they knew this. They did a bunch of tests beforehand and were just like, oh, well, the Golden Gate Bridge is a giant oboe now. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of I, I don't have to live with this, but the sound I feel like it could be kind of soothing in a weird like uh, gongy kind of way. Yes. OK, so at first when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like my Headspace app, like for like, you know, like at night, the soothing sounds are like. But then the more I listened to it, it started hurting my eardrums like it was a very specific sound that I think comes later on in the video where I was like, oh, this is actually giving me a headache and irritating me. And I'm like, OK, I only listened to it for 10 seconds. I can't imagine what the people who have to walk across the entire Golden Gate Bridge thing. I... Oh, San Francisco. I, I don't know. I'm thinking about this more now. And 
given how far away you can apparently hear this sound, it'd be like me sitting where I am in like upper Manhattan and being able to hear a sound that's being made down by the Empire State Building. And I don't think I appreciate that. Oh, no, definitely not. (laughs) For now, there's no plans to fix this noise situation. So enjoy this for the next forever, San Fran. That's our show for today. Join us tomorrow for a conversation about the NFL's newfound appreciation of Black lives. And remember, next time you want to drop some statistics on Black crime rates, take some advice from TikTok user Rin Star. Black neighborhoods are over-policed, so of course they have higher rates of crime. And white perpetrators are undercharged, so of course they have lower rates of crime. And all of those stupid stats you keep using are operating off a small sample size. So shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Look through your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. You've always had the feeling that there's something strange about reality. According to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, there is. On the show, hosts Robert Lamb and Joe McCormick examine neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and much more. Prosthetics are true testaments to not only human craftsmanship and ingenuity, but also to the plasticity of the human brain. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.